Villanova University's WXVU Villanova. Visit our all-new website at WXVU.org. We're on air serving the main line at 89.1 on your FM dial or stream us anytime, anywhere on the Radio FX app. And welcome into Sports Takes with Jake. Yes, we are back for the first time in two weeks. And my, oh my, have the Phillies' fortunes changed since we were here last time. Last time in two weeks ago, the Phillies were not even in the postseason. They were playing in Houston on a Monday night. And all they had to do was win one game. And they were in. And, of course, we know the rest but you are listening to Sports Takes with Jake. Yes, the first of three, the hour, three hours of power, as Mr. Michael Bradley would say. Um, <clears throat> after our show, we have Grease and Poles at uh, 8.30 with uh, with our buddies from our uh, multimedia journalism class. But we are coming to you live from the Villanova University here on a uh, uh, not really a great day here, wet was nice for a while, then the rain yeah. came. Weather was nice out already. But, uh, yeah, but it's, it's just been amazing last couple of weeks. And honestly, I wish you we were on the air last week because it would have been even more uh, awesome. But um, we're here now, and we're here to talk all about my Phillies because they are making an incredible run here in the postseason. Um, again, we go back two weeks ago. We are on this show and didn't even know if they'd get in. Uh, Aaron Nola pitches six and two-thirds, a perfect game until he gives up two hits. And the uh, Phillies win the game 3 nothing, And they make it in the postseason with the Brewers. Uh, well, actually, the Brewers won against the Diamondbacks. It didn't matter. The Phillies were in because they had a tiebreaker. They had a two-game lead over the Brewers. They get in. They play St. Louis. Of course, we know game one, the huge comeback. They were down 2 nothing in the ninth inning. Come all the way back and win six to two in that incredible rally in the ninth inning. Game two, they ride a Bryce Harper home run, Kyle Schwarber sack fly, and a gem from Aaron Nola. They win two nothing, win the series, send Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright, Adam Wainwright all into retirement. I was very glad to see it because they took us out in 2011. We had 102 wins that year. We went out in five games in the National League Divisional Series. And, of course, the Cardinals won it all that year. Um, but we took them out. And then the Atlanta Braves are up next in the Divisional Series. Um, and pretty well was a shocking Game 1 win, to be honest with you. I predicted the Braves would win in four games. I don't know what your, your prediction was for that four series. Games. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just... You know, I thought the Phillies had a good team, but at the end of the day, I mean, the Braves had 101 wins, uh, you know, tied the Mets for the division. Of course, the Braves had a tiebreaker, so they won the National League East. Uh, you know, we saw them play. I mean, you saw them play twice. I saw them play once with you and at Citizens Bank Park, and top to bottom, their lineup's just incredible. I mean, yeah. you know, great lineup, good pitching, you know, won the World Series last year. I know it's tough to repeat in the baseball, but... You know, you thought with a team like that they had a chance. Um, but, you know, Phillies steal game one in Atlanta. Um, behind, really behind Nick Castellanos made that great defensive play in right field in the ninth inning to kind of save it for the Phillies. Um, 
Yeah, they, yeah, they won that. Yeah, they won that game seven six. Cause F1 gave up that three run home run late in the ninth inning, but they held on for a seven six win. Braves take game two, uh, and then Brian Snicker was like, "Oh yeah, the crowd in Philly. Oh, it's not that bad. It's the same as Atlanta. It's been like that all year here. It's gonna be the same thing." <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. And uh, I'm surprised he said that because he's a veteran manager, been around baseball a long time. I'm shocked he said something like that because I think it kind of played into the Braves' mindset. Like, oh, we've been here before. It's not going to be that bad. And they had no idea what they were in for going to Philadelphia. I mean, that crowd is ridiculous. I mean, from the first pitch, everybody on their feet, going bananas the whole game. Uh, And, of course, you know, game three. I mean, a lot of people are going to – obviously, everyone's going to remember the Bryce – not the Bryce, the uh, Reese Hoskins three-run home run, the bite, the bat spike, and everything else. But that doesn't that doesn't happen without uh, Bryson Stott. He had a nine-pitch at bat, laces a double down the right field uh, in the right field corner. Uh, Schwarber gets intentionally walked, and of course, we know what happens. Hoskins gets a center cut pitch, drives in the left field. Everybody goes absolutely berserk. Uh, Phillies go up four nothing and really don't turn back from there. They win, what was it nine to one? I believe that was game four, wasn't it? No, Hoskins was game three. That was a Friday. Oh, you're right, you're right. Um, and it's just incredible. I mean, I've never heard Scott Francie, the radio announcer for the Phillies, get that more excited about a uh, a, ha- a play for the Phillies. I mean, he went absolutely insane. Um. You know, I was listening to it on the radio, doing the dishes, actually, of all things, watching the game. And, uh, you know, my mom was standing there. And we, we, well, actually, no, she was actually coming up from downstairs. And I hear Fransky just going bananas. I'm like, wow, something was crazy just must have happened. And, of course, you know, he, he's going nuts for Hoskins. And you look at the TV, and then you see the bat spike and unbelievable stuff. Um, then you go to Saturday, everything's on the line. Um, and you know, it was a weird game because the Phillies had to kind of use a pitching by committee here. You had Syndergaard opening the game. Um, they had to, yeah, they had to use Syndergaard here. He gets, um, three innings, I believe. Bellotti comes in after Brad Hand, Jose Alvarado, Zach Eflin, and Dominguez closes it out. I think he struck out all three guys. Um, and Dominguez struck out. Yeah, six I was going to say, I thought, yeah, they, they just whiffed on it. They whiffed on a lot of pitches from them guys. Um, Braves offense had four hits, three runs, struck out 15 times. And guess how many walks Philly's pitching gave up? Uh, I'm going to say a big fat zero. Zero. Well, you're looking at the stat sheet right there. Right <laughs> Cheater. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really impressive from the basically a pitching by committee. Um, but. Gotta give it to Noah Syndergaard though he he's been in the playoffs before, or postseason before you know he's on that 2015 Mets team that went all the way to the World Series so he has a lot of postseason experience. Um, even the pitching coach Caleb Cotham um, praised the uh, pitching. Uh, 15 strikeouts, no walks. He said it's awesome. I'm so happy for these guys. They laid it on the line, gave it everything they had, and it worked out. Um, we had a lot of good pitches, and there's a lot of trust. Um, Dominguez after being out with uh, the tendonitis and his, I think it was his triceps I believe um, 
he was just unbelievable. Three strikeouts in the ninth inning, fastball at 100 miles per hour, three and two-thirds scoreless so far in the postseason, only giving up one hit. And you got to remember, he came in, was that game two of the Cardinals series? He was in a huge spot. I think it was he had to get Arenado and Goldschmidt, and he got both of them in yeah. a huge spot because we were only up 2 nothing. And uh, I knew right then and there because I was a little like, I'm like, I don't know, should he be in this situation? Because he hasn't really pitched much lately. And, you know, he proved to uh, handle the uh, the pressure. Of course, in game four, you had Brandon Marsh, who the, the uh, midseason acquisition from the Los Angeles Angels, hit that three-run home run in the second inning that, again, just blew the lid off the place. And then the fourth inning, Rio Muto with an inside-the-park home run. Uh, they say he's the best – I mean, I think he's the best catcher in baseball. He's really good defensively, really good offensively, and he's fast. I mean, how many times I've watched this year, he's beaten out an inside in, infield grounder, you know, broken up double plays with his, you know, hustling down the first baseline. And even that play, I mean, a lot of catchers wouldn't have been able to get an inside-the-park home run on that. And uh, he was able to. 18th. Um, he's the first ever catcher to hit an inside the park home run in the postseason. The 18th overall in postseason history. Um, and again, it, it's kind of cool that, and it, it, this happens every now and again with the the design. I, I mean, you've been at Citizens Bank Park where they have an angled wall out in yep. left center, and you know it's happened a few times where people hit it off that wall and it caroms away towards the dugouts and, uh, you know, they're able to get around. Um, it's just a cool little design. Um, and, you know, rest in peace, but David Montgomery who passed away in 2019, he actually designed that, um, which was pretty cool. I think Kinda. I remember that wall. I remember watching that wall. I think it was, I think it might have been real as well, but I remember when they played the Braves a couple of years ago and, uh, uh, I think it was real. Maybe hit a, hit a ball over that wall and, uh, uh, Ronald Acuna made this insane catch, wall grabbing catch to mm. to rob Real Muto of the home run. And when he came down with the ball, the ball flew out of his glove, and Real Muto got it inside the park home run there as well because Acuna dropped the ball. Mm. And it was like that, and I'm like that, that. That wall is insane. That that wall is definitely like that. That outfield is is tough. Yeah. Um. And, and another really cool thing that, I mean, we haven't seen in a long, long time is the sellout crowds. Um, you know, even when we went to the games, I mean, it was, like, it was not okay. Cool. I mean, you know, you had, like, half the stadium full. It wasn't really anything crazy, but it was all right. But, I mean, these last couple of games with, you know, 45, 46,000 people staying the whole game and – you know, cheering every time they had two strikes or any big moment. It was just incredible to see. Um, the red rally towels going. Uh, you know, even Jay Wright got a piece of the action on Saturday. Of course, he was, like, right there <laughs> behind home plate, kind of. A uh, lot of – it's just insane. I mean, Philadelphia is the best sports town, I think. And, uh, you know, they really showed out. And they're going to show out uh, next weekend when – the Padres come into town for nationally. I can't believe I'm saying this, but they're in a National League Championship Series playing the San Diego Padres. Um, Going to be an interesting se- series. Um, 
you know, Phillies 87 wins, Padres 89 wins. Um, I'll say this right now. Like, you talk about two teams that's lineups have been hitting from top to bottom so far in this postseason. Those are two teams that's lineups from top to bottom. Like, they're 6, 7, 8 batters. The Padres 6, 7, 8 batters have been probably – Three of the best batters in this postseason with Jay Cronenworth. Uh, Crone zone. The Crone zone. Yeah. Uh, Trent Grisham and. Oh, Grisham's been unbelievable. Grisham and uh, I can't think of their fifth one, but those those two specifically have been like two of the best hitters in the in the postseason. Is it that Kim year. guy? Hayson Kim's the number one. Oh, okay. Hayson Kim's I their leadoff, he but he's been hitting incredible as well. And then Juan Soto came alive in that last game against the Dodgers. They yep. gave give him that tie the tying run. Yeah, an interesting point. Interesting point that I got from a, a coworker today, um, and he made a good point because we were talking about you know he's a big Yankees fan, I'm a Phillies guy. We we're talking about the you know, upcoming series. Of course, Yankees playing tonight, a decisive Game Five in the American League Divisional Series against the Cleveland Guardians. He was talking about how you know Juan Soto and Josh Bell could really beat X factors in this series because of the fact that they have seen Zach Wheeler, they have seen Aaron Nola a ton because they played in the Nationals for, you know, a few years. Mm-hmm. So that could be interesting, you know, because especially if you're throwing be. Wheeler and Nola out one games one and two, you know, obviously we don't play the Padres very much when we play them one series away, one at home. So but I think you're also saying, but but that means Wheeler and, so, Wheeler and uh, Nola know them too. It's true, yeah. It the, goes, it both, goes ways. both ways there. So. Yeah. It is an interesting thing, though, because, you know, uh, Juan Soto has definitely not been the same player he was with the Nationals on the Padres. He's definitely not been that number one guy that we're used to mm-hmm. seeing. He hasn't yeah. been, he hasn't had the greatest time at the Padres so far. No. So this is his chance to uh, this is his chance to really make a statement for them. But this is also the chance for the Phillies to uh, send the home crowd happy uh, come those three days. Yeah, that, w- that would be incredible. So you have... Wheeler game one, okay, on his normal five day rest. Nola game two, okay, on his normal five, uh, yeah, normal five day rest, and then you could have Wheeler go game five. Nola game six. Of course, you have to probably go Suarez game three. Yep. I do not know what their plan is for game four. You think it'd be a Syndergaard thing again, right? I I don't know because I mean they haven't used Bailey Falterell, who's pitched really well. Um, so I don't know maybe if they'd utilize him at all. I would stay away from Kyle Gibson, but I mean they've had him in the bullpen, but I don't I really hope he doesn't pitch. I just don't trust him. I don't think anyone does. Um but I I, I think they would stick to Cindergard cuz he has the postseason experience. I would think he'd be an opener in game 4 and then he would try to uh maybe put falter in there or maybe Eflin or maybe somebody else to kind of bridge that gap um but you know I'll have to see what happens um yeah I think it's gonna be an interesting series that you know um yeah I guess I guess Zach will defer to you here what what I mean I'll before I give my kind of uh prediction what what do you think are the keys in this series if it, between the Phillies and the Padres I mean, I think it's winning at home, right? I mean, if you're either team, you guys got probably two of the best top six, top five home field advantages in all of baseball. I mean, Citizens Bank Park is rocking up. Petco Park is a top three ballpark in this country. Petco Park is 
consistently ranked in that top three, top five stadium rankings. And that atmosphere on uh, Saturday night when the when the uh, Padres took out the Dodgers was one of the most electric atmospheres I've ever seen. Like, it looked like, no offense to Philly, but, like, I was watching the Phillies game and I was watching the Padres game, and the Padres fans were, like, full-on, like, it was pouring in that game. I think it was pouring in – was it pouring in Philly as well? I don't think it was. Uh, it never yeah. rains in San Diego. What are you talking? No, about? it was pouring rain in San Diego. Really? Like I didn't really. Wa- I didn't watch it. That's it was rare. pouring rain, and they never happens. It never rains. It never happens. But the whole fan base is just like the whole fan base is jumping in the rain, hyping up. They're all dancing. Ponchos on. It was it was absolutely incredible to watch. So, the two fan bases are absolutely incredible. Um, both on opposite sides of the country. So it's not like fans are gonna travel. So that's why it's like it's gonna be very interesting to see how. Uh, the home field advantages work for each team. I think that's the key. But also, I think it's just you're, it's got to be pitching, right? I mean, you got Nola and Darvish going. Uh, uh, and I don't, yeah, Nola and uh, yeah, Wheeler and Darvish going game one, and then you got Nola and probably Snell going game two, and then you got Musgrove and whoever you guys send out three. Suarez, Mu- Musgrove and yeah. Suarez going game three. So at that point. It's just going to come down to who pitches better. I mean, your both lineups are both great from top to bottom. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to say home field advantage is the main key here. Mm-hmm. Who has the best home field advantage in baseball? I think the Phillies do, but. <laughs> that could be a teeny bias. But, could be. Yeah. But, uh, could be. but I also think I do, like, watching that game on Saturday night. I watched every Phillies game. I watched every San Diego Padres-Dodgers game. Watching that Padres game on Friday night on Saturday night against the Dodgers never seen a place more electric but to me both these teams are coming off major wins against their rivals yeah the Phillies took out the Braves the Padres took out the Dodgers there's a lot of hate between both of those teams yeah um so I'm excited I'm curious to see what it's gonna be like when the Padres face the Phillies because they're they're really not and they're about as far away from as possible from each other, but yeah, really. so I don't think there's a lot of hate between both teams. So it's gonna be I don't know how I'm excited to see what happens there. Yeah, I I, th- I think you're you're correct. I think you know, I mean I think it's every postseason comes down to this. I think it's all gonna come down to who wants it more. Well, not, I mean obviously that, but I think it always comes. It always seems like it comes down to the bullpens every yep. year, every year because. You know, postseason. You know, star- starters have a shorter leash because you know if they give up run or two, they're instantly yanked. Um, luckily, the Phillies have two pretty good aces so far: Wheeler and Nola in the play. They've, they've pitched really well in the postseason so far. Um, but I think it's all going to come down to the bullpen. I mean, the Phillies bullpen has pitched really well so far. You know, especially the back end with Alvarado, Dominguez. I mean, F1 besides that three-run home run in Atlanta, but he's pitched really well. You know, even the middle guys, you know, Bellotti, Hand. I mean, Brogdon hasn't been the greatest, but, you know, all those guys have pitched really well, and that's going to be the difference, I think, you know, which I mean, bullpen can pitch better in this series. If you look at the, uh, if you look at the Padres-Dodgers series, okay, the, the Padres, Padres bullpen was ridiculous. The Padres only get one run in four games for yeah. their bullpen. Yeah, that, their bullpen, and that's ridiculous. And it was, it was like their, for their, their, their first guy they sent out on the Saturday game gave up a run. And then that's the only pitcher that allowed an enti- a run the entire series. Mm. Um, Josh Hader is probably one of the best closers in baseball. 
It's um, funny. It was funny. It's funny you say that because like he was what he had a zero ERA going into that game when uh, who was it? Veerling and Bohm, I think it was, hit back to back homers off him, and we he blew a save, and we beat them in Milwaukee. Ever since then, he was horrible. I mean, he could not pitch. And now all of a sudden, the postseason, he's back to old Josh Hayes. I don't know if you, you – I know you didn't see this, but in the Dodgers game, bottom of the ninth, Padres are up by two going into the bottom of the ninth. This game they four. They send out – game four. They send out Hayter. Hayter faces Betts, Turner, and Freeman. Wow. One, two, three, not ten pitches. A strike, wow. Strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Wow. Ten pitches. I thought Freeman, like – Bounced out or something. No, it was it was a strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Oh. It was one of it was one of the it wow. was one of the most insane one two threes I've ever seen in my life because those are three of the top hitters in baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're facing three guys that can get on base, mm-hmm. and he went struck out, strikeout, strikeout in like wow. ten pitches, one of the easiest innings I've ever seen, and he made and it's like against three of the hardest batters. So hater to me is always be tough, but they just got so many guys as well. But that Phillies bullpen, if Sir Anthony Dominguez, it's Dominguez, right? It's Dominguez, yeah. Dominguez, okay. So Anthony Dominguez can pitch like he was pitching that uh, that game for as well. Like, you could have a closing duel there, and I'd I'd, I'd be saying to go to extras every time. I don't think anyone's I don't think anyone's gonna hit off either of those ninth inning guys. So I think it whoever I honestly think it whoever I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I think it's whoever comes down, whoever has the lead in the eighth inning wins wins this game. Mm. Whoever has the lead come going into the ninth wins the game. Mm. I don't think a single, I don't think a single run is scored off either of those two pitchers. Mm. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back a little more Phillies talk and postseason talk in general, and then we will go into college football a little bit. All that and more. Sports takes with Jake eighty nine point one. The roller. Villanova University's WXVU Villanova. Visit our all-new website at wxvu.org. We're on air serving the main line at 89.1 on your FM dial or stream us anytime, anywhere on the Radio FX app. WXVU is proud to debut The Morning Roar, our brand new weekly morning show. Every Friday at 8 a.m. for one full hour, we'll discuss the latest happenings of Villanova and bring you news, sports, in-depth interviews, and all kinds of cool features. That's the Morning Roar, this and every Friday at 8 a.m. It's another reason why this truly is the greatest semester in the history of Villanova's V891, The Roar. And we're back here on Sports Sakes with Jake, and I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. Oh, I'll be dancing on my own. Oh, how that how that sound? That was one of the I, I think hardest it's things I've ever had to watch in my life. <laughs> I had to, man. I had to. I've, no, been, you, I've been listening no, to it didn't. on repeat. No, you didn't. You Listen did not have to do it. Hey, I. I love singing. I love singing the chorus of every song, as my dad knows very well. We always just sing the chorus I, of every song. I mean, I feel bad, but um, <laughs> that was painful. Oh, no. I thought it was beautiful. Anyway, um, that's the theme song for the Phillies right now. Dancing on my own, Tiesto remix. Look it up on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever, YouTube, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I was just looking here at an article. You Darvish, uh, going probably going game one. Seven scoreless against the Phillies in the first meeting. 
three runs over six innings with nine strikeouts in the next meeting. Um, and I forgot about this. Remember Blake Snell pegged Bryce Harper with that fastball and broke his thumb, and that Harper was out for two months after that. I was in San Diego. Really? So that's an interesting little storyline there. Phillies went 32-20 and 20 in the games Harper missed after that. Um, <laughs> this is crazy. The last series the Padres and Phillies played, Didi Gregorius was in the cleanup spot. He's not even on the team anymore. Herrera hit six, not on the team anymore. A third of the Padres at bats went to players no longer on their roster. <laughs> Fair. So they've really uh This is a completely changed. different team. That's, that's why I think it's also worrying for both teams is because they don't really know everyone on this team. I think it's going to be interesting to see. So probable game one lineup for San Diego for people that aren't – I'm really not familiar with them too much either because I don't really watch them. Jurgensen Profar, left field. He's a switch hitter, batting first, leadoff. He would not be batting first. What? No, he'd be, he'd well, be that's what – That's well, then you can argue with uh, Philly's insider, Corey Seidman. I think he knows more than you. Second hole, Juan Soto, right field. Left-handed batter. Manny Machado at third base, batting third. Josh Bell in the cleanup spot, DH. Cronenworth at the crone zone, batting fifth, second base. Brandon Dury, Drury, who they got from the Reds, batting sixth, first base. Um, Han Seong Kim, shortstop, batting seventh. Trent Grisham batting eighth at center field. And batting ninth, Aaron Nola's brother, Austin Nola, at catcher. That game two is going to be nice. <laughs> um Grisham went 184 in the regular season. He's hit 389 in the postseason, 8 for 21, three home runs. He has reached base in 14 of 27 plate appearances. Um, Aaron, or not Aaron Nola, sorry, Austin Nola for the Padres, 8 for 21 of the pair of doubles in the postseason. Uh, Bell, Drury, Kim, and Will Myers are 11 for 83 with a 133 batting average and 34 strikeouts. Hater, score four scoreless appearances. Um, he's only put two batters on base out of the fifteen he has faced. Struck out seven. Um, and I, yeah, I was right. Yep, Alec Bowman, Matt Vierling took him deep um, for his first two earned runs of the year on June the seventh. I remember watching that game. Um, yeah, and I, yep, and here it was. Hader had nearly three months. He allowed 28 runs and eight home runs in 21 innings, which is good for a 12.00 ERA. Opponents hit 362 off of him. Um, and he really didn't rebound till late in the regular season. He's pitched 13 and two-thirds scoreless lately. Um, the relievers for San Diego... Robert Suarez, 2.27 ERA during the regular season. Um, six shutout innings in the playoffs. Um, so that's uh, that's pretty solid. Um, so he's a guy to watch out for, especially against guys like Kyle Schwarber or Bryce Harper. Um, and he's also had good experience with lefties, facing Freddie Freeman, Cody Bellinger twice, Max Muncy, and Jeff McNeil as well. Tim Hill is a lefty specialist for the Padres. Um, and interestingly here, I never this is interesting. It's possible San Diego chooses to start lefty Sean Manessa over right hander Matt Mike Clevenger. Sean Manea. I think. Yeah. Sean sorry, Manea. I mispronounced yeah. that. Um Clevenger struggled against the Los Angeles Dodgers in his one start. 
so it could be cause for concern for the Padres. Snell will go game two. Musgrove game three. Um, we actually did pretty well against Musgrove in June. Schwarber and Real Muto homered off him. He allowed six runs. Um, so that was interesting. But then against the Phillies in August, he struck out nine over six and allowed one run. So kind of a mixed bag for him against the Phillies. I'm going to go first. I think I can't bet against the Phillies at this point because, like, they've gotten much further than I even thought. I think the Phillies win in six games in this series. I think if the Phillies don't win in Philadelphia, they're done. The Padres take on the series. Yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty obvious. If they don't win any in Philadelphia, no, I mean I don't. If they don't win the if they don't end the series in Philadelphia. Oh, 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 okay. Like if they don't win in four, okay. if they don't win in four or five, if they don't win in five or four, whatever it is. Oh, you're thinking so even if it goes six if, or done. I think if it goes, I think if it goes back to San Diego at six and seven, I think I think Padres end up winning it. So what's your prediction? Do they win in five? I or think. They- I actually will say this. I think Philadelphia. I think Padres. I think Padres win in seven. Mm. I think Philadelphia takes one from the Padres in San Diego. In the first two? In the first two. Okay. I think they do win uh, two of three at home. I think they lose the one where either Syndergaard or Suarez starts. The Padres or the Phillies? No, I think the Phillies uh, lose Phillies either the one where Syndergaard or Suarez okay. starts. They lose one of those. I think, I think Nolan's – I think Nolan Wheeler, obviously. I think – I think – I think – so I'm going to have this. I think Phillies win game two, okay. and then they win game three, lose game four, win game five. And then I have them winning game – and then I have them losing game six and seven. So you're saying the Phillies will go up 3-2 back to San Diego and they lose a series 4-3? Yes. Hmm. I think the Phillies split in San Diego – I mean, I can see them sweeping in San Diego because I mean, you got Nolan Wheeler going. I mean, they have pitched phenomenally. Yeah, so but far. I also think like. But it's gonna be tough though out in San. Diego. Like I said, a home crowd. That's why. That's really well, things. I mean, I mean, Nolan Wheeler pitched really well against San, St. Louis, and I was on the road too. So St. Louis Bush Stadium, I, Bush Stadium's great, but the whoa, fans aren't the whoa. fans aren't as crazy as San Diego. Yeah, you're right. They're more of like a, a studious crowd. Yeah, they're more of a yeah. studious crowd. That's yeah, what I'm saying. That's true. That's I all I'm saying. That. That's no, all I'm I saying. I'm not say, saying. Whoa, you're slandering baseball town. I'm not sound. I'm not slandering that. I'm just saying I don't think their fans are as rowdy as like Philly or San Diego. Yeah, nowhere I, near that. I have. I think they split in San Diego. Phillies would take two or three in Philly. I maybe even all three, but I think they take two or three in Philly just because you're gonna have Suarez and that you know Syndergaard slash bullpen game. Yep. Um, and then do you think Nola takes it home in game I six? I think, yeah, I think I think Nola ultimately – well, yeah, I think – then you have Wheeler game five and then Nola game six probably. I mean, depends on – I mean, again, it depends how the series shakes out. But, yeah, yeah I, I, can, I just – you know, those guys are just – they've been pitching so I well. Think, I think Wheeler loses his first game, but I think Nola wins both of them. I, I could see Nola winning both of them. Yeah, both he's of been them. unbelievable. I actually – I could see both of them losing one. That's what I'm saying. I think Wheeler will lose one. I think Nola will lose one. And I think then – I think they'll win the other ones each. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think I think having Nola and Wheeler twice in those six games – in the six games – But you also never you Darvish and Blake Snell going twice That's true. as well. That's true. Yeah. True. I'm just like everyone. Everyone has two aces. Yeah, yeah, everyone has. Good everyone's good at this point. Good at this point. So yeah. it's just, 
So, but I, I, I do believe that this will be one of the best series I think we'll watch. Because I think yeah. this is really close pretty to Pretty evenly matched. Two pretty similar teams, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You got the Austin Nola, Aaron Nola storyline. You have the Bryce Harper, Manny Machado storyline. Interestingly, I was listening to WIP uh, yesterday for a little bit, and I didn't even know this. It's actually interesting that Marcus Hayes is one of the you know, Philly Inquirer guys, and they had him on. And he was talking about, you know, back in, what was this, 2017 when the Machado-Harper free agent market was in a, you know, a firestorm. Yep. And the Phillies actually preferred Machado really? when they did all the scouting, did all the, you know, reviews. They thought he was, you know, kind of the next, I mean, he is. He's like, you know, that, that third base cornerstone franchise guy. And uh, he basically said, nope, I want to play in San Diego. I don't want to be in Philly. I'd much, much rather be in San Diego where it's you know nicer, warmer, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So basically then the Phillies are left with Harper. Now the Phillies thought that Harper could play better with the city, with the crowd because he's a lot more vocal. Uh, yeah, vocal, authentic, You know, kind of like the more blue-collar type of guy. And I think it's worked out pretty well for them, I would say. I agree. I mean, MVP last year. You know, when he was healthy this year, played really well. I mean, he's stepped up in the playoffs big time. He hasn't played the field, but with his bat, he's done a lot. Yeah. Um, how did he play the field, too? He's a good, pretty good outfielder, especially, like, you know, you know, has a cannon. You know, I, I, I could, hopefully he's back next year in the field. I think he will be, but um, – is that, uh, that, is that thumb injury right? that kind of yeah and then the, you know that well the yeah the, the thumb injury and yeah it kind of just didn't, didn't want to you know aggravate anything so yeah smart smart uh, yeah that th helped us out big time this year if you think about it we would have had the pitcher still bad I mean we would have been screwed because Harper wouldn't be able to play yeah no absolutely so but anyway uh, yeah so I think I think it's gonna be really interesting and quickly with the AL you know well you have Yankees Guardians tonight um, I think the Yankees win Game Five at home. Setting up another Yankees Astros ALCS. That's gonna be that would be another. That's great a matchup series. no one wants in the world. But I but I mean just a baseball fan. That's a great series. I mean you have two of the. I want the best. MLB. To, I don't want the MLB to be happy. That's what the MLB wants. I don't want the MLB. No, to be I'm happy. just saying as a baseball fan, they're two great teams going at it. I know, but like the Guardians making. I I love watching like underdogs oh, like that. See, like now we got the AL Central Division spokesperson on here on Sports Takes with Jake. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like. The Guardians making it, having th- three of the top teams in baseball That's gonna be all going a wow. Come on. have all going down. Astros play the Guardians. It's gonna be it doesn't, Astros it doesn't matter. Astros I would love that because the MLB would not be getting what they want. No. no. Um, I want a good series. I want Yankees, Astros. And plus, you're doubting Cleveland a lot there. I think Cleveland is. Oh, one I, I mean, no. I saw that they they won an extras on Friday afternoon. They won an extra, or they won the bottom of ninth again on Saturday. Night. I'm not doubting them at all. I just think. The home field for the Yankees in Game Five is gonna be a difference. I, I, I the really reason do. Cleveland, the reason uh, Cleveland is so good, and the reason Cleveland is so interesting as a team is because they don't do what baseball wants. No, they're what very baseball, small ball. What baseball wants is a lot of home runs, yep. a lot of excitement. That's not Cleveland. Cleveland oh, doesn't hit home runs. I respect that. I respect that. They're all small ball. I love that. I think that's that's good for baseball. I mean, that game, what game was that? The one on Saturday when they won the walk-off. They had 15 hits. 13 of them were singles and two were doubles. Meanwhile, the or conversely, the Yankees had five hits and three of them were home runs. 
So you know that, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I I definitely believe I would love to see the uh, Guardians upset here, but I actually do believe the Yankees will win. Yankee, though. yeah, I think Yankees win tonight. But I would love to see the Guardians win it and upset and take out the Yankee. But both New York teams and the LA team out be a great day for baseball. Um, yeah, and I, I, well, it's tough to predict now. I, uh, I, I just can't stand the Astros. So I'd like to see the Yankees beat the Astros in the ALCS. That's gonna be really tough though, because the Astros will be fully rested with their pitching rotation. Yankees are gonna be pretty, uh, you know, screwed at their rotation because you know they got to throw everybody out there tonight because they gotta win this keep yep. their season alive. So it's gonna be tough. I, mean, I do believe the Astros win either way, in my opinion. I believe the Astros win either way, and I believe. They will face. And I don't even want to make World Series predictions yet, but I want to say. No, I, we'll wait on that. We'll wait yeah, on we'll that. Wait on that. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so shifting gears now to uh, college football, f- just for a little bit, for the next couple of minutes. Yeah. For Let's talk about Penn State. Uh, Jacob, uh, no, should we're we not talk about Penn State? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're talking about Penn we State. We could. We could. I mean, I, I mean I'll, hey, look, I already wore Michigan sweater and hat today in class, so might as well talk about it because second year in a row, I. Well, at least last year was close. It's twenty-one seventeen. This year, forty-one seventeen. Just an awful game here. Um, Penn State just gets rolled in the second half, and honestly, it was expected. You know, when you're when you only have the ball for six minutes in the first half, Michigan had it for twenty-four minutes. Now I get that. Uh, you know, oh well, it's showing a Penn State Michigan skirmish here in the I guess at halftime. Um, Penn State had no room to talk. They got blown out in the second half, and this is a this is a problem with James Franklin. You know, Penn State's looking Penn State is looking like fools right now because they signed James Franklin this huge contract. Wasn't it like almost like it wasn't lifetime? Was it? It wasn't a lifetime contract. Was it's it? Ten years. Ten years. Okay. Which is still way too much. Yeah. And you know, everybody talks about he's a great recruiter. He's obviously not. I mean, like you could say he's a great recruiter for this area, which he is. He's not even close to these big teams. Like, he's not even close to Michigan or Ohio State. Like they're gonna beat us every single year because they have better talent. That's it. all it comes down, to, and they have better coaching. I mean, James yeah. Franklin in situations is just not has not proven to be the guy. I've I've said it for years. I really do think James Franklin is very overrated as a head coach, simply because of the fact that he can win any game he wants, just not any game against a team that's better than him. It's not any yeah any any game of consequence. He just doesn't win. He doesn't. And they're not even close. I mean, this game was not even close. In the second half, it was not even close. I will say Jim Arbaugh is one of the best coaches in the game of adjusting at halftime. Oh, yeah. I mean, every year, every game, it seems like they're close at halftime, and then they'd go and score 30, at, 30 in the second half and win. I mean, th- this defense for Penn State is awful. I mean, just just hear these numbers. Donovan Edwards running back for Michigan. 16 carries, 173 yards, almost an 11-yard average, two touchdowns. 67-yard run is longest. Blake Corum, 28 carries, 166 yards, almost a 6-yard per rush average, two touchdowns. He had a 61-yard rush as well. J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback, 7 carries, 57 yards, and a long of 21, um, over 8 yards a carry. Or more than eight yards to carry. C.J. Stokes four carries, twenty-two yards, five-point-five average, twelve yards is long. For as, as a total, Wolverines fifty-five carries, four hundred eighteen yards. That is seven point six yards a carry, four touchdowns. That is unbelievable. 
unbelievable. That's that's it's it's, it's embarrassing. It is. That's, it's embarrassing, especially against a Manny Diaz-led defense in a game where you're going in and you need to show up. You need to do something to improve your ranking, and give your team the look that you guys aren't like any normal Penn State team. You guys mm-hmm. look like every other Penn State team. Yep. Um. It Sad. just it just Sad how it is. Um. But like. That maze out though. Can you take the maze out into the maze out in uh that Michigan? Was, that was pretty cool. That was nice. That was nice. Pretty cool. I like uh, the maze out. But, no. but it's just sad because like we all knew going into the season as an Indy Line fan, Sean Clifford's not the answer. He's gonna give you average games. He'll win you, you know, the games that are inconsequential. And we thought, you know, the beginning of the year, oh, the Purdue win on the road was nice. The Auburn win on the road was nice. But look at those teams out. They're not very good. Auburn's not good. Purdue's not good. So, honestly, those wins weren't even that great. Looking at them now in retrospect, you know, their first real game here against Michigan, they get rolled. I mean, even the Central Michigan game they played at Beaver Stadium, it wasn't like they beat them 65 nothing. I mean, Central Michigan was in the game in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. That's just awful. Yeah. No, and now they got Minnesota coming up in the whiteout game. I think, I think you would hope in the whiteout crowd that they would beat Minnesota at home. Minnesota's bad. <laughs> and then, yeah, no. And then they're, I think their quarterback's out, actually. I think they said he got Carter off the field last week. God, and Illinois destroyed him last week. Yeah, so I think we should beat them. And then you have Ohio State coming into town in two weeks. Yep. That, I mean, I have no hope in that yeah. game. I wouldn't no either, hope but I'd love all. to see you guys pull it off. I mean, it would be great if we pull it off. I, I don't know how we even do that. I mean, yeah, no, I don't I mean Sean Clifford in this game, 7 of 19, 120 yards. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. He got hurt again, of course. Like every other game, he's like hurt. It's just ridiculous. Bring in Oliver. I know. I mean, that's what we've been saying all year. Drew Oliver, I mean, he went 5 of 10, 37 yards, but I mean, he just got thrusted in there against a very good Michigan defense. But, you know, it's just. Drew Oliver should have been a starter from the beginning. We all knew Sean Clifford's a game manager. He'll get you 7, 8 wins. That's about it. That's all you're going to get from him. Yep. He And he basically, think about it, he's been carried by. Uh, Nick Singleton and uh, Cade Tron Allen. Every single running back he's ever had has been carried by. Let's be completely honest here. That's what I mean. Like, he (laughs) just gets carried by Miles Sanders, Saquon, and now. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I probably missed somebody between Saquon and who was the one that just graduated? Uh, I don't know. They all blend together. But, I mean, yeah, he's had really good running backs for a while. And, you know, I just – I don't get what James Franklin sees in him. That's – it's pretty obvious he's just not the answer. Thank God he's done after this season. This is his sixth year. <laughs> like, like, get out of here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, well, uh, just quickly before we go to break, what's your thoughts, Zach, in the top 25? Obviously, we got Georgia number one, yep. Ohio State two. Is that a Rocky Top I see? The uh, good old Rocky Top at three. And they got, oh, wow. <laughs> what a game next week. UT Martin at noon. Just a Barn burner. Hey, it's, in it's, it's to get us. It's to get them rested the for when. The, it's game. to get them rested for when they have to play uh, Georgia, Kentucky back to back. That's that's going to be two. I mean, Georgia. That's going to be a great game. That is. I think they have Kentucky at home first, and then they go play Georgia. Well, Kentucky's tough game. too. They just beat Mississippi State. But well, did the Georgia games in Georgia, and I honestly don't think they'll win it. Georgia. <laughs> they are playing Florida in Ooh, two weeks. That's actually a decent game. Not next week. They're. I think they're going to buy this week. Ohio State is a bye. They'll be playing Iowa. Ohio uh, State's going to have an easy schedule. Well, Iowa scored more than seven points in that game. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go, Iowa. Out of boy. No, uh, they're uh, playing Ohio State. They're going to yeah. get absolutely destroyed. Um, 
But no, I think the the, the top twenty five looks good. I love that Clemson got knocked out. I think Clemson's, Clemson's at over. five. Michigan at four. Alabama six. Yep, love to see that. So Tennessee and Alabama flip flop. TCU. Yeah, they had a nice double overtime over Oklahoma State. Big win over Oklahoma State. That's a big win. Was it eight versus thirteen? And then Utah, I think, moved up pretty high too. Utah beat USC by a point. That's a big win for them. Fifteen now. USC dropped twelve. Syracuse. I don't know. Football school. Syracuse, the football school? Question mark. It's not. They're gonna be like (laughs) eight and four. Don't Ole Miss play. at seven. Watch Syracuse out for them. This week. Watch out for Ole Miss. Ooh, Ole Miss, yeah. That's another, that's another. And they're playing L- at LSU. That should be an easy one. And then Oregon UCLA is a big game next week with the nine and ten. Who did teams. you say? So let's let's look at the big games here. We got it's uh, Clemson Syracuse. Ooh, I think Clemson beats them. If Syracuse wins though, you know what I'm saying? TCU Kent State. That's an interesting game. Uh, Nebraska's Nebraska's only living. Son Adrian Martinez at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's he like? His eighth year in college. Yeah, but he's crushing it over UCLA there. UCLA at Oregon. That's a huge nine that's versus ten. That's matchup. game day game. That's the game day. Yeah, game. they are going. To, yeah, that's a. Uh, that's the game day game. That's going to be interesting. I think UCLA wins that game. Did you see? Uh, did you see LSU is favored to beat Ole Miss? What? Yeah, LSU is awful. What? I know they're favored. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Anyway, Oklahoma State Texas. That's an interesting matchup. Uh, USC Arizona. That's a laugher. Wake Forest, Boston College, laugher. Mississippi State, Alabama. Si- uh, oh, that's that. an int- wait. Is that wait? Is that next week? Yeah, but it's in Alabama. Oh, I'll so that's gonna be that nice. Yeah. They only losing two in a row. Let's be honest. Utah, here. Washington State. That's an interesting game. That's Thursday, October twenty. Why the heck are that's, they playing? No, that's next Thursday? week. That's next week. Oh, that's oh, two weeks. Oh, that's okay. two weeks from now. Why are they playing? Off? That's weird. It is Penn State only at wow. Okay, we will take that. At Penn State at sixteen. Wow, <laughs> I thought we were gonna be like at nineteen or twenty. We'll take it. No, I didn't think you guys would be at nineteen or twenty. You guys only we got lost blown to, out. There's number five team. But we got blown out. <laughs> you guys are gonna drop that far. You're still Penn State, and you still were only one loss. Penn team. State at sixteen. Not that we'll take it. Kansas State seventeen. Illinois eighteen. That's interesting. They yeah, haven't Illinois been, been on fire. They just destroyed Minnesota last week, and they, they will five. route Nebraska. No, they have a bye next week, and then well, they play Nebraska yeah, the week after. Running, running, running. Kentucky at Tennessee. That's going to be an interesting game. Oh, Kentucky, that's the next week after that. Cincinnati at SMU and Lafford. That's the, yeah. North Carolina Pitt. It's an interesting game. NC State, Virginia Tech, another interesting game. And North Carolina is ranked now. <laughs> they are, yeah. North Carolina and North Carolina State. That's also next week, though. Mississippi State at Alabama. But North Carolina State's still ranked? Yep. No, th- there's no way they should be ranked. Two losses. That can't. But their core, their star QB is hurt. No, well. and they they have nobody left. <laughs> and Tulane routes up routes up, wraps up the top twenty five. Perfect. And James Madison is out of the top twenty five. They lost. They how did they get to lost. the top twenty five that because fast? Because they won six. They won six straight. They won five straight. But like like what makes them go in the rankings? Like did they, they just blow Appalachian them State. in there? They beat Appalachian oh, okay. State. One they of their wins was Appalachian State. It's interesting. But, I, uh, I heard oh, besides this game, besides before this game. Can you uh, name who the last team James Madison lost Villanova. to? Dang it! Yes, that was yeah, that was that yeah, was that was at James Madison, right? Yeah, James Madison at James Madison the regular season. Yeah, well, we're not gonna <laughs> don't know a football. Yeah, this we're year. not gonna talk about that. Let's let's go. To we'll go to break. We'll go to break. We'll come back. All NFL from here on out. Twitter Jake eighty nine point one the roar. Hey everyone, this is Kaylee Brendel. I'm a singer songwriter and a sophomore at Villanova. Listen to my conversation with WXVU about music and life on our podcast feed, available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I got 
The 89.1 The Roar is proud to announce that we can now be heard on 89.1 all day, every day, for the first time in Villanova's history. Listen to our programming anywhere in the main line on 89.1, 24 hours a day, seven days a week with our now full-time FM signal. And stay tuned for details of how WXVU plans to celebrate this exciting milestone. The Silent Disco for the World is being held at the Jake Nevin Fieldhouse Friday, October 21st from 8 to 9 p.m. The event is presented by the African and Caribbean Villanovans, the Latin American Student Organization, and the Black Student Union. Listen to oldies, new hits, slow dances, and other language while lighting the night up with headphones. Silent Disco for the World brings Villanova students together for a taste of culture through sound. RSVP on VU Groups. V891 The Roar is celebrating our full-time 89.1 FM signal with an October Rorio celebration. Join us on campus at the Oreo Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We'll be broadcasting live, hosting interviews, playing music, holding contests, and giving away prizes. Meet our WXVU DJs. Again, don't miss our Rorio celebration Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Oreo only from Villanova's V891, The Roar. And welcome back into Sports Takes with Jake. Uh, as you heard, SE, uh, WXVU will be uh, broadcasting from the Oreo. It'll be, in, it'll be fun uh, to listen for that. V89.1, The Roar, is announced our, our full-time 89.1 FM single with an October Rorio celebration. And I know Allison just said that, but we're going to say it again for a promo. Join us on campus at the Oreo this Wednesday. So that is this Wednesday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Broadcasting live, hosting interviews. That better be one of us two, but we were not asked. So I, <laughs> anyway, playing music, holding contests, giving away prizes. Meet our WXVU DJs. Again, don't miss our Rorio celebration. Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Oreo, only from Villanova's V89.1, The Roar. Uh, v89.1, The Roar is proud to announce we could be heard on w 89.1 all day, every day, for the first time in Villanova's history. Listen to our programming anywhere in the main line on 89.1, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with our now full-time FM signal. Um, interestingly here, the Yankees and Guardians still in a delay here. As a line of storms is going through New York, and that hit here earlier is pretty nasty. Um, so it's still in a delay here uh, from Yankee Stadium. So that could be a pretty late one um, for a decisive game five between the Yankees and Guardians. But getting to the week that was in the NFL, well, almost was. You have the Chargers and Broncos and a laugher tonight. Um <laughs> and talk about a laugher Thursday night football. Wow. <laughs> what a great game that was. Twelve to seven commanders so over the Bears. Bears. So Besides that, I mean what they, they had Chargers Chiefs, which is pretty good week one. Or week two. Week two, and that's it. But what were the other ones? You had, had you had Broncos, Colts Broncos, which is horrible. They had Dolphins Bengals, which was the game I think. Oh, two, two got hurt. dead, yeah, basically. Two got hurt. Uh Browns Steelers. That was okay, I guess. It wasn't great. Chargers Chiefs week two. That was it. And then the, Rams Buffalo Bills. Well, that was on five. NBC. That was on NBC all yeah, the yeah. time. But next week they got the Saints Cardinals game. Okay, that's pretty good. That's a good game. What? It's better than Commanders Bears. Okay, that's fair. But Saints, Bears, that's Broncos. still very bad. That's two I mean, very bad teams. Cliff Kingsbury just said he's looking for a freaking guy 
call the plays for on offense now. Really? Yeah. I thought he was the guy that called the plays. Yeah, he was the guy that called the plays. I thought I he was the offensive he mind, the offensive guru. He's the guy that had a. He's the guy that had Sean McVay's phone number when they got hired. <laughs> that's the. <laughs> that's the reason he got hired. Let's be completely oh honest my God. here. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Anyway. Anyway, twelve seven Commanders. We're not talking about that yeah, game. Yeah, no one cares. Falcons over the Niners, twenty eight fourteen. Nice throwback units from the Falcons. They look kind of sick. The Falcons are dangerous. Three and three now for the Falcons under the Arthur Falcons Smith. Are dangerous. The most plain coach I've ever seen in my life, Arthur Smith. <laughs> the Falcons are dangerous. Yeah. Marcus Mariota is finding a. And they're in a bad division, right? Well, kind of now with the Broncos or the, the Buccaneers the Bucks not playing aren't well. Great. They lost to the Steelers. Yeah, we'll get to that game. Patriots all over the Browns, thirty. 15 Patriots now three and three Browns two and four hashtag Ramondre Stevenson is a first round fantasy running back yeah I have him in one of my leagues I believe Ramondre Stevenson is him also Bailey Zappi is him (laughs) are you joining the are you uh, are you joining the Zappi train Uh, I I haven't even seen him really play the only time I saw him play was like one series in the Green Bay game where they lost in overtime Let's see, 24-34, 309 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. 118.4 quarterback rating. Yeah. yeah. Wow, he threw a lot of different receivers. You had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight receivers. You joining the Zappy train? Receivers. No, not the yet. Train. They're three and three. I'm not joining the Zappy train yet. <laughs> Did you not and see him last week? No, I, I, have, I haven't really watched. Look at his stats honestly, last week. I have not watched a whole lot of NFL lately. Fair. To Fair. be honest with you. Because you've been focusing on the Phillies, I understand. And I went to Hershey Park Halloween last Sunday. I was okay. very happy with that. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I've been totally on the Phillies. I haven't really watched NFL at all. Um, so that's why you're here. <laughs> yep. Um, I watch every game. So, you do. I, I, that is true, folks. That is true. This guy watches everything. Um, a couple games you want to talk about. I know we were talking about during break. Jets over the Packers, 27-10. to 10. Are the Jets in Lambeau dang- Field? Are the Jets dangerous or the Packers just bad? We don't. I mean, know. the Jets so look dangerous. I mean, it's only six weeks in, but they look pretty good. Here's the thing: the reason we were scared, we weren't sure the Jets obviously was they made a bunch of great draft picks. They did. They we weren't sure if that, that deep draft. that offense was going to be good enough to hold on, and that offense is good. Corey Davis is playing lights out all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson's turning into a really good first-round pick. He didn't have a great week this week, but he's turning into a really good first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Brees Hall has Who's been incredible. He's that? their number. He's their rookie running back oh, that's okay. taking over the starting job. Mm-hmm. He's he's incredible. Zach Wilson has been playing very good. Their defense, Ahmad Gardner, is already Sauce. a top like top 10 cornerback in this Sauce league already. Corner. He's only been in the league He's going to be a games. shutdown corner. He already is a shutdown corner. Well, he is. I mean, he's, go- he's going to be, too. He's going to be. I mean, dude completely is just un- un- unstoppable. Dude's playing like I've never seen him play. And I was very high on him coming out of the draft. He's, he was my favorite prospect coming out of this draft by far. Mm-hmm. Like no one else. Amal Gardner is my favorite prospect coming out of this draft, and he's proving me right. Wow, the Jets haven't been in the playoffs since 2010. Ahmad Cheesehead Gardner over here. So- cheese, cheese sauce. Cheese sauce Gardner <laughs> over there. Love that. Yeah, and and you're and you were talking about um, Brett Bress Hall, right? Brees Hall. Hall. Brees Hall. Uh, 116 yards in this game. 34 yard touchdown. Um, and uh, Quint Quinnen Williams. He did the Lambo leap. Two sacks in this game. Yeah, Quinnen Williams Rogers. is a great pick as well. Yeah, no, that 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 team is dangerous. Um. 
Yeah, and Gardner, 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 interesting quote here. Just being able to play against somebody like Aaron Rodgers, that was a true blessing. I said I grew up playing Madden. He's always been on Madden, so I can remember. Running off the field, that cheese head thing with cheese on my head, that was a crazy feeling right there. I'm never going to forget that. Uh, Best six-game starts in 2015. Yeah, I mean, they're, the they're in a dangerous position right now. But uh, I also want to route another team that is also – in the uh, in the New York area, the New York Football Giants. The New York Football Giants are five and one. Are they back? Are they back? I mean, I t- I was telling someone the other day, when Saquon Barkley is healthy, that just makes this team completely different. I also think Brian Dable is oh, just he, head coach the of the year. Like this. Has to be head coach of the year. I mean, is it him or Sirianni? Well, I mean, I think like at yeah, this point, it's a what? It's a it's a two I man think, race. I think I think Dayball. I mean, the Eagles are already it. good. The Eagles Dayball are already should good. Should get it, but Sirianni and Dayball are it's a two man race for coach of the year. I would give. It to, I mean, two. I'm an Eagles guy, but I. I mean, the Giants have been awful, and he just turned this thing around like that. I mean, Sirianni. Yeah, no. I mean, Sirianni. Yes, he. You know, he turned around last year, but we already – I mean, Howie Roseman really set this team up not up well. I yeah. Mean, he 100%. just had to go out and execute. 100%. So, I mean, you still have to go out and execute, but, I mean, I think I think Dayball has a An- bigger gap to cover. Another fourth-quarter blown lead by the Ravens. Collapse. This time it was at the hands of Lamar Jackson, or should I say out of the hands of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, as he, uh, you know, he, he was strip-sacked. Oh yeah, well yeah, and he, uh, yeah. He yeah. kind of held the ball in one hand out like this, and well, uh, that's you can't do that. And uh, Quinn Williams, I believe, I think it was no, it wasn't Quinn. No, sorry, it was uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, their rookie, the fifth yeah, overall from pick. Oregon, yep. Uh, from Oregon, uh, knocked out of Lamar's hands, and uh, the game was over. Uh, Giants recovered. Saquon made a really smart move by well, yeah, well, uh, sliding at the one. The yeah. Um, I, so I, I think that was before that because it says here Julian loves interception, 27 yard return step. Saquon Barkley's one yard touchdown dive with 143 to go. Oh, oh, oh it was after that. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. After that was the strip yeah, set. And, uh, and then Saquon slides at the one yard line. And then Saquon which is a smart play. In my opinion, with any other head coach or like with their old head coaches, Saquon would have taken that thing in. Mm-hmm. I think Brian Dable has changed the culture. And I think Brian Dable kind of, I think Saquon is like really understanding like. How good Brian? We're seeing how good Brian Dables already turned this culture around, and that's that's it to me. That was a play that to me stood out. Daniel Jones, 173 yards, two touchdowns in this game. Baltimore outgained the New York Football Giants, 406 yards to 238. Didn't matter though. However, the Giants win on the scoreboard, and that's all that matters. Um, Oh, interestingly enough, Giants defense led by Baltimore's former defense coordinator Wink Martindale. Forced two over, ter- forced two turnovers by Jackson late in the fourth quarter, um, and you said Thibodeau sacked. See, that's just a sign of an immature quarterback. I mean, you always have to have two ball, two hands in the ball. Yeah, you can't be having it out there. And you know, I know he thinks he can, you know, run around whatever, but that obviously didn't work. Let's let's move on to our two NFL teams. Yeah, here. we'll talk about the Vikings first. Vikings. I'll, talk, I'll quickly talk about the Vikings. There really is much to talk about. Our defense was. Absolutely phenomenal. Our three highest graded twenty four sixteen over Miami our, in yeah. Miami. Our three highest graded defensive players were our three oldest defensive players. Mm. Uh, Harrison Smith had a forced fumble and an interception. Uh, Pat Pete had three pass breakups in the fourth quarter and an interception. And then uh, um, Zadarius Smith had eleven pressures, which is his career high. Um, wow. And I don't think he had a, I don't think he had a sack, 
which is insane. But he did have 11 pressures and had like a 92 PFF grade, which is very good. Is that um, out of 100? It's out of 100, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> he had a 92 PFF grade. Very good game for him. Our offense was bad. Um, I will straight up tell you right now, we uh, besides our two touchdown drives and a couple other drives as well, the Vikings had um, four. The Vikings had almost. Uh, the Vikings had almost nine, ten three and outs, in this game. Mm. Wow. Uh, at ten three and outs in this game, or actually more. I think it was eleven three and outs in this game. And. Wow. And besides the scoring drives, it was a three and out. If we didn't score on a drive, we three and outed. That's so, a lot of pressure on your defense. And our offensive line was very bad in this game. For a team that actually offensive line actually looked decent in the, in the last few games, our offensive line got blown up hard by this uh, Miami Dolphins pass rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got, but the Vikings got to Teddy Bridgewater a lot in this game, which is why our defense, like I said, our defense was key in this game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was sacked five times, uh, and Skyler Thompson was sacked once. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater also had two interceptions, but the main thing was was only one of them was really on him. The other one was on Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle had the miscatch that lead led to an interception by Harrison Smith, and then he also had a fumble, which was stretched by Harrison Smith mm. later in the game that cost wow. the Dolphins their comeback. So that mm. was the Vikings game. They moved to five and one with their only loss being to the Philadelphia Eagles. And we will move on to the Philadelphia Eagles game here. Yes. Uh, Exact Eagles uh, go up twenty to three. They hold on to win twenty six seventeen over the rival Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, um, or as we say, Sunday Night Football on NBC by my celebrity crush Carrie Underwood. Um, I who's I understand. I love Carrie. Um, love Carrie. Love Carrie. Um, but a uh, uh, couple of takeaways here. Uh, new, newly, acqu- newly acquired Chauncey Gardner Johnson, big int late in the game here. What? Why are you dude's an absolute beast. Oh, I thought you were no, like, no, shaking my head because dude's an absolute five sixteen to go. <laughs> big interception that basically locked up the game and stopped the Dallas comeback. And he was hurt bad. He really hurt his hand. He was, you know, really in a lot of pain. But he came back in the game and made that huge play. Hurts solid, 15, 15 of 25, 155 yards, two passing touchdowns, and zero turnovers. 104.6 quarterback rating. Um, and again, another long, methodical drive at the end of the game, just like they did last week in Arizona. They did the same thing in this game, a 13-play, 75-yard touchdown drive um, for the Eagles in this uh, sequence. Without Lane Johnson and Landon Dickerson uh, from the line, they were both out of the game. Um, the 10 of 11 plays in this drive were run plays. Um, the couple passes were nice. A 22-yarder from Hertz to A.J. Brown and a 7-yard touchdown pass to Devonta Smith that basically uh, put away this game. Sanders running well again, 18 carries for 71 yards and a score. Gainwell, five carries for 25 yards. Boston Scott, 16 yards on six carries. All that adds up to 136 yards on 39 carries against a pretty solid run defense from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, The Eagles' rush defense has been awful in this game. 
or all year, but especially in this game, allowing five yards of carry, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, Zeke um, kind of ran all. Zeke kind of had a day. He did. Yeah, I mean, every time I looked up, it was like eight yards, ten yards. I'm like, what the heck? Are we looking at Ohio State Ezekiel? Yeah, five point two yards of carry here for Dallas on twenty six carries. Um, so he was pretty solid. What saved you was that you guys got up really high early, so they couldn't just run the ball. Yeah. Yeah, they had, they to, had they to pass were it. To throw and it. Cooper, Cooper Rush threw three interceptions in this game. Anyone that said to me ever that Cooper Rush should start over Dak Prescott or that idiot. there should be a QB battle is Complete an absolute idiot. idiot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is an absolute Thank idiot. You. I can't believe. I mean, it, now we get that guys on the ESPN like Mike Greenberg are just trying to do hot takes all the time. I saw last week he was like putting Cooper Rush as his MVP. I'm like, come on, nah, like, stop damn. it, like but stop hey, it. Hey. Cooper Rush's first ever loss. True. Cooper Rush's Came first ever loss. Where quarterbacks go to die in Lincoln Financial Field. Named Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, Darius Slade more receptions <laughs> than uh, what's his yeah, name? Bigger. Yes. Um, Who had his first ever touchdown last week? We were on the show to talk about for it. For Minnesota. For Minnesota, yeah. He yeah, yeah we Minnesota weren't here last touchdown. week, so. Yeah, Dan Rager did have his first ever Minnesota touchdown. I was really happy about that. Um, anyway, continue on. Do you want? And uh, another stat here is interesting. Eagles had lost seven of nine to Dallas, seven of the last ten to Link, and twenty-two of their last thirty-five. Um. Oh wait, Link hold is on. Going to be tough to beat. Wait, I might be reading this wrong. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Eagles have lost seven of nine to Dallas, seven of the last ten to Link. Okay, yeah, I am reading that right. That's interesting. I didn't think they were that bad against Dallas, but oh well. Um, with Eagles now six and zero, number one in the NFC. Again, a long way to go here. We got the Giants and Vikings at five and one. Cowboys four and two. I'm not. I'm not hopping on the hype train. We got a long way to go here, man. Long. We got ten games left. Locking. You guys happen. have an easier schedule, though. I will say. Like, your okay, schedule- can we say something here? Like, I know everyone's gonna tell me, oh, we have an easy schedule. The NFL is any team could be any team any week. So I'm not saying it's easy at all. We still got Giants twice, Giants twice, Cowboys, Commanders, Packers, Titans, and Colts yet. I'm not buying that. We got a lot of tough games. And the Steelers, too, who just beat the Buccaneers. Whatever you say. Anyway, um, some other scores quick here before we start going on our predictions. Um, Colts over the Jaguars, 34-27. Bengals over the Saints, 30-26. Burrow with 300 yards. Uh, Steelers the stunner over the Buccaneers twenty to eighteen, Rams over the Panthers twenty four ten, Seahawks edge out over the Cardinals. Wow, Cardinals are two and four. Cardinals offense is bad. There's a reason Cliff Kingsbury is looking for an offensive play caller. Nineteen to nine, Bills over the Chiefs in a much anticipated rematch twenty four twenty. I think Mahomes threw a pick late that cost him, or that sealed the game anyway for the Bills. Uh, let's quickly. I kind of want to see what happened with this uh, Steelers Buccaneers game. So oh, I had some. Was, I had some family. Steelers, uh, I had family out there represented yesterday, and I was like, that could be a pretty awful game, but it ended up being a very good game. Mitch Trubisky comes back, and he. I guess he. Oh, he coming for Kenny Pickett. Kenny that Pickett hurt, okay, so uh, Trubisky comes in. Chase Claypool, six-yard touchdown pass with 9.59 to go, or a touchdown reception. Um, 144 yards from Trubisky. Pickett in the concussion protocol. Uh, 
Um, the Brady, I guess he, wow, 25 of 42, 43 and a touchdown. Uh, but they stalled in the red zone um, three times out of four that they have a suck-up kick a field goal. Uh, so that was interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's an interesting game there. Uh, anything from the Chiefs-Bills? That's kind of the big game of the weekend, I think. I think nothing really there. I thought – everyone thought this was going to be a high-scoring game. I kind of realized it was going to be kind of a low-scoring game pretty easily. They both have decent uh, Defense. defenses. Yeah. And, honestly, it was just uh, – the wide receivers passed game. It was just – I didn't get to watch this game too much because we turned on the, uh, we turned on the Guardians-Yankees there. Uh, oh, yeah. We turned on the Guardians-Yankees again, so I didn't watch too much of this. We kind of got a little bored of this game, to be honest. But – uh, I will say I think the uh, the Bills are going to be tough to beat. This one was in Kansas City, and they won still. I thought whoever was going to be at home would win this game. But the fact that Juju and Kelsey combined for over 100 yards both, both got over 100 yards each. Oh, wow. And uh, they didn't win. It's kind of insane to me. So, wow. Uh, that's surprising. Um. Anyway, continuing on. So now we will make our picks for week number Seven. Seven. No now Vikings, I, no Eagles. This is going to be an interesting week for us. Yeah, well, we can be completely non-biased these predictions. Um, yes. I did not – so I, I am officially 1-0. I have not calculated from last week yet. I will get on that, and we'll have all the, the updated standings next week. Um, I edged you out barely. I think it was 11-9 in the first – Yeah, was because like I think the Niners – because the Niners beat the Rams on Monday night, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something okay. Like that. Anyway, Prime Video Thursday night, Saints-Cardinals. I have the Cardinals winning this one at home. I'm taking the Saints on this one, I think. Why is that? I think the Cardinals are just on a downturn right A mess. Yeah, an man. absolute mess. But I, I just think they're better than the Saints. That's I just kind of agree, but also Andy Dalton kind of looked actually decent last week. The Red Rifle. Man, he's like on every team. Yep. Falcons-Bengals. Wow, this is an interesting game. I'm going to take Bengals because they're at home. Falcons are on something right now, but I'm also going to take the Bengals. Joe oh, Burrow's wow. I thought you were going to pick the Falcons. No, the second. Falcons are on something right now, but they, I'm going to take Joe Burrow. I can't go against Joe Chase. Yeah, especially at home. Lions, Cowboys from Cowboys. Lone Star State. You're going with the boys. I got to take the Cowboys. I can't trust the Lions right now. I don't know what's happened. That team oh, man. I mean, I think Dax will just come back next week, right? Yep. Oh, uh, I kind of I can't pick the Lions. Uh, do I want to pick the Lions? I don't know. Uh no, I'm going with Dallas. Okay. I can't do Perfect. that. Especially with Dak coming back, no way. Colts and Titans from Nashville. Uh ooh, this is interesting. I'm gonna take oh ooh, I won this game. I'm gonna take the Titans at home. Interesting play. Interesting play. That's a that's a decent play there, but I will say give me the uh taking the Colts. Give me the uh, give me the Colts. Okay. Um, I, I think the Colts are on something right now. I think they're figuring it out. Green Bay travels to Washington. Big bounce back for the Packers win big. I also agree. I think Packers do win big here. Yeah. They, but if they lose, it'll be they the lose, most hilarious uh, oh thing boy. Bucks Panthers. This isn't even the. Uh, I don't have to think about this. They're, one. They're Bucks not even, by a million. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be a, apparently Baker Mayfield might not even be the starter when he comes back. Like they're having a QB competition. <laughs> uh, such a so the joke Bucks. of a franchise. Giants and Jaguars from Jacksonville. I actually, I think Jacksonville's going to win this game. Give I, me the G-men. Give wow. me the G-men. They're going 6-1. Right. and one. 
I I think an upset's brewing there. I think it's not an upset. Jaguars are favored. What? Jaguars are favored. How are they favored? Jaguars are favored by three. I don't think anyone trusts okay. the Giants yet. All right. Well, yeah. I guess I'm riding the train. Ravens, Browns, one o'clock. Uh, Baltimore bounces back. Ravens, ba- I agree. Ravens bounce back here. I'm also taking that. I'm also taking Ravens bounce back. And we have oh the four. This is interesting. Jets and Broncos from Denver. I have oh. no. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, don't do it. I want to do it. I don't know. Do it. No, no. You know what to do. You know the smart oh, play to do. I know here. the smart play, but do I? I oh man, I. Denver's that a really tough. Is bad. Denver is, is Denver so is bad. such a hard place to play though. I'm gonna take Denver. It's not hard to play at all. Yes, it is. It's the most. No, it's yes, not. Yes, it is. I'm taking Denver. I, I, I can't trust the Jets go five and two. Oh my gosh! Give me the Jets. Wow. Give me the Jets. Okay. Oh, that's that hurts. Yeah. I I can't take Zach Wilson I, or Russell they, Wilson. They lost to the Colts at freaking Denver. I I'm not I know I know. But Texans Raiders from Vegas. Uh oh wait wow okay these are two pretty bad teams. That's a Raiders. Uh, That's a Raiders, Raiders have way more talent. Yeah, I think the Texans just are gonna be on a downturn right now, but they'll pick. I think they will get a fix to turn around. I think Chiefs and oh sorry I skipped one. Seahawks Chargers from L A. Uh oh this is actually this is an interesting matchup. Oh you, boy, you pick you pick first and then I'm gonna <laughs> pick. But I'm gonna pick. I might pick the opposite. Uh, who do I want in this game? Wow. Uh, it's, it's oh a, man. Uh, I hate this team. Oh, I, I, I the team. Chargers are so inconsistent, but oh, I don't know. Uh, wow, I gotta think about this one. Jeez. I'm, I, I'm doing. It. I think Chargers are winning this game. You know what? You know what? The NFL is crazy. The NFL is crazy. Give me Geno Smith and that Kenneth Walker wow. okay. uh, Seahawks team. Chiefs Niners from Chiefs bounce back one hundred percent from uh, San Francisco. Chiefs bounce back. Uh, you're going KC. I'm going KC as well. I can't. I don't see them losing two straight. Steelers Dolphins Sunday Night Football. Two is back. Just to be clear here, two is back. Steelers. Not Tua. Upset. Give me Tua. Give me Tua here. I trust Mike Tomlin. I love Mike Tomlin. He's my one of my favorite coaches in the league. Tua is going to be Tua. like seeing like three receivers. So. Give me uh, the, uh, the Steelers. Bears, Patriots, Monday night. <laughs> Bailey Zappy train, baby. Are we going on the Zappy train? I am zappy. going on the Zappy train. We're going on the Zappy train. I love the Zappy train. All aboard the Zappy train. We're both going Give New me England. the Zappy train. All going New England in this one. Perfect. So we got the Phillies in six. NLCS, we will be at Xfinity on Friday night. Hope we, hopefully, hopefully we don't get squished we'll in the midst of the sea of Phillies fans on Friday night. We'll be at this. It's gonna be amazing. Padres in seven. No, you can't. No, no. But, but I mean, I I wanted to get tickets though, and they were like four hundred dollars yeah, each. I, I couldn't insane. do it. I wanted right. to, but I couldn't do it. Anyway, Phillies in six. Go Phils. Smash the bell. Red October. Keep it here. Sports days with Jake. Eighty nine point one. The roar. And stay tuned for grease and polls coming up in fifteen minutes time. Sports days with Jake. Eighty nine point one. The roar. Thanks for listening. Thanks for Zach for being on. Always a pleasure. And we'll see you next Monday. Hopefully we're talking about a World Series birth for the Phillies. Hopefully. Hopefully. Villanova University's WXVU Villanova. Visit our all-new website at WXVU.org. We're on air serving the main line at 89.1 on your FM dial. Or stream us anytime, anywhere on the Radio FX app. 
V891 The Roar is celebrating our full-time 89.1 FM signal with an October Rorio celebration. Join us on campus at the Oreo Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We'll be broadcasting live, hosting interviews, playing music, holding contests, and giving away prizes. Meet our WXVU DJs. Again, don't miss our Rorio celebration Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Oreo only from Villanova's V891, The Roar. This is your WXVU Villanova Campus Minute. We sat down with Caroline Menzi, Villanova's Special Olympics Festival Director, where she talked about plans for Villanova's Fall Festival in November. Last year, we were lucky enough to be able to welcome athletes and coaches and families from all across the state of Pennsylvania, as well as volunteers, uh, to uh, host Fall Fest in person. However, it was at a, like a lower capacity than it usually mm. is, not because of any restrictions that we had, but because certain people felt more comfortable coming and that sort of thing. We're excited and re truly hopeful that we can be at an even greater capacity and hopefully closer than to 2019, which was the last time we held a fully in-person and full-capacity fall festival. To hear our full conversations with Villanova community members, check out the interviews on WXVU's podcast feed, available on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Villanova's Albert LePage Center is hosting a series of six climate change and historical perspective panels. The series will showcase the ways in which historians have engaged with the issue of climate change in their scholarship and in their advocacy, both informing the public and inspiring it to act. The second of six panels would take place on Wednesday, October 19th at 6 p.m. on Zoom and feature a discussion from three panelists on the corporate, scientific, and political denial of climate change research. To register for the Climate Change and Historical Perspective Zoom discussion, visit villanova.edu and search for the LePage Center calendar of events. You love them enough to do anything for them. Dad, can we make 200 cookies for my bake sale tomorrow? Let's do this. Including checking nhtsa.gov the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ag Council. Now, here's your three-day weather forecast for the main line. Clearing tonight, we'll get down to 39 for a low. Sunny and cooler for your Tuesday, high 55 degrees. And mostly sunny Wednesday, high 54. It's the very best in smooth jazz. You're listening to Lights Out Villanova on V891 the Roar.
It's the very best in smooth jazz. You're listening to Lights Out Villanova on V891, The Roar. 